0: The Future of Retail Asia with
1: June and Imran, powered by ai Amazing!
0: Welcome to another episode of The Future of Retail Asia. My name is Imran.
1: And I'm Jun. Joining us today on the show, we have Helen Lund from LandLease. Welcome, Helen.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Helen. Helen has over 20 years of experience in Asia, Australia, in the property and development industry. And before joining LendList, she honed her craft in Australian companies such as The George Group and AMP Capital, managing a diverse portfolio of companies ranging from commercial, retail, and industrial properties. Currently with LendList, Helen has been with them for more than a decade and now is the global lead of urbanization practice and head of innovation in Asia. Quite a handful to to speak away
2: my age, <laughs>
0: yeah, where she oversees the development operations and innovation teams for landlords. Welcome again.
1: So I want to start by asking, right, so uh, as you has been working in Australia for a long time before moving into the Asia, so how different in the retail industry between, between these two regions?
2: Well, um, firstly, I think there's, um, you know, Asia on its own is very diverse. There's really no one Asia, yeah. but the the differences from coming from Australia to Asia was I was just so um, surprised around the dynamics uh, of retail. In Asia, in Australia, operating hours are 9 to 5. You know, people go home at 5 p.m. And extended hours are not very um, long. So, you know, it's really still focused, you know, around a lot of necessity. And obviously that's evolved over the last few years. In Asia, particularly Singapore where we're at, people love shopping malls. People love shopping. And shopping is not just a necessity, but it's a hanging out. It's where you meet people. Mm, um, it's where you life. bring your kids yeah. for dinner. Yeah. Yep. It's a life it has air conditioning and in Singapore it's very humid so
1: there's a lot of there's a
2: lot of value proposition in retail and in the end of the day it's a really people-centric sort of experience and so for retail it fundamentally changed the dynamics of what the role of retail is in Asia mm-hmm. um, the reality is we live in smaller homes we don't have many backyards so when it comes to retail it becomes our extended living rooms it comes our extended places and um, I think there's a great opportunity in Asia and that differences is also creates a lot of a lot of needs and to be met so it's it's a different it's a definitely a different uh, energy
0: it's very cool um you know when we talk about um the the malls being a whole lifestyle destination um, I think a big part of it is who are the, the, the merchants, the tenants inside, right? Uh, and I think one thing that's consistent in the last uh, 10 episodes that we've run is that uh, this, this, this mention of this dynamic, this tension between the, the mall landlord and the retailers, right? So, so, you know, especially I think with COVID and, you know, with, with issues such as rental subsidies, operating costs, closures, or um, what's your experience or what's your take on this landlord-tenant relationship?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have to say through COVID, a lot of businesses and the economies of um, the world right now, it's a lot of pressure, right? Tightening belts, businesses, unfortunately... Have had to shut down, and when it comes to it's not just landlord relationships or or even me mores right. Businesses are shutting down. There's labour pressures. There's increasing costs. So I think when it comes to the evolution of the relationships between landlords and uh, retailers, it it has to change. Um, traditionally, the collaboration also needs to evolve as well because traditionally generally, like you're having discussions around rent or rental renewals or contract negotiations, where I think the dynamics around alleviating the pressure is also understanding what are the opportunities from a landlord perspective to support, but also the retailers to support the landlord as well, because Mm -hmm. we all have costs. We all want to create a better community experience for our customers. The reality is there's a lot of pressure, but in working together, Understanding where are the pain points, where are the opportunities, what our customer needs and how do we address and elevate it um, is is where it needs to evolve to. So Mm -hmm. um, I would say a more, you know, like a relationship where it's more fluid. Um, We understand, we share information, we share data, we share risks, we Mm -hmm. work through agility and what it means to be resilient um, and also, you know, being flexible with spaces and um, diff- and how we look at attracting people to our places that we're creating um, as a partnership model is, is the way forward.
0: Yeah, certainly there is a win-win-win there, yeah?
2: Of course, there yeah. needs to be a win-win um, and it's not you win, I lose or I win, you lose uh, model because the, in the end of the day when businesses shut down, no one wins. Yeah. Yes. And that's, you know.
1: Yeah, I think bring up a very interesting point is like when we talk to a lot of different players in the region, mm-hmm. there will be always bring this up. It's like in the near future, right? A lot of people believe in like when a retailer come into the mall, they are not just rent, just want to rent a space, right? It's that they're looking at more on like the value add service, like what kind of thing that the mall can provide, what kind of data analytics the mall can provide to the retailer. Like just now we mentioned about the data sharing. So create a win-win is like when the retailer share the yeah. data with the mall and then what kind of inside the mall can share back with the retailer. So, like, what, 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 what is your thought? Or what is your thinking about about yeah, this? Yeah,
2: so um, there's a few things there. So, right now, traditionally, the roles are very clearly defined. The borders are there. So, you've got the our 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 onus as landlords or operators is that we have to we attract the 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 foot traffic to the mall. Yep. However, the challenge for us is we can influence them to come through the mall, but we're not in charge of. Conversion: what they spend, what they decide to spend, the merchandising of the store, how the store mm-hmm. operates, the service of the store, the you know the products offered in the store, mm-hmm. all that relies on the retailers, right? Mm-hmm. So and the border is very delineated. The walls are here's a shop front. Um, we bring the people here, but when it comes to the door of the the line of the shop front, that gets handed over to the a retailer so when it comes to conversion and revenue and the ability for the retailers to make money it's up to like right now we, we can't influence that now we can support through like marketing we can support through giving promotions and a lot of the tenant collaboration platforms all sort of stuff but when it comes to conversion it stops at the shop front now I see these barriers slowly breaking down. The rental model right now is based on per square feet. But when it comes to our experience, when we go into a mall, we want an immersive experience. You might want to go in and buy something for your child, but you might stop by a uh, nice jacket store. Like it doesn't have to be one need and then you go in and out one need. So I think the walls and the barriers are going to be merging. And when it comes to accountabilities of what's your role in this in terms of you know, creating and enhanced experiences because the reality is if you create better experiences, better places, people spend more time mm-hmm. and they'll also spend more money. So uh, I just think that will be evolving over the next few years and we as uh, retailers and operators need to kind of work proactively to work through what that means.
0: So I think you touched on a very interesting point, right? Like this idea that if I am the uh, uh, property manager, my role is to bring in uh, a, a good ecosystem, to bring in traffic into the ecosystem. And I can, I can bring people to your door, yeah. right? And I think where, I think, I don't know whether you see this as a vulnerability, but I think it does seem the case that there's a lot of pressure towards uh, increasing variability in the rent. Uh, you might even have some of the very ambitious malls that I think we've seen in like China, where they say, "Hey, you know, we're doing away with base rent. Let's go full on profit sharing, right?" Um, and and so I think that kind of is kind of like knocking on that door of, "Hey, I, we bring people to your to your to your store." Uh, but now there's this idea that 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 is that like you said that that delineation is not so clear anymore, right? And yeah. so, how do you see about this well, evolution? Um,
2: there, there are challenges there. There's some of the some of the foot traffic in uh, in Asia is so high, yep. but then if the retailer like, won't be able to sell the the product yep. or the visual merchandiser or the experience or the services, um, not able to convert, yep. then we're bringing we're doing our role. So they have to do their role too. So I think it's just this this whole partnership model and the risk sharing, it the ability and the opportunity is 100% there, but working through those roles and responsibility, like we need to also be accountable for what those roles and responsibility are, ensuring that we are in partnership, in, in a genuine and authentic partnership that we're supporting each other. So I don't think we have all the answers yet, but mm-hmm. it, it is changing. It needs to change nice. because our we want to make uh, malls and places that we create still relevant mm-hmm. and the reality is with the digital offering these days in you know physical will become will need to become or stay relevant and become better
0: yeah.
2: it's yes. got to evolve
1: yeah i think yeah shopper experience you always mentioned about the experience yeah. i think we are very, like the, the point that I, I feel very interesting will be like at e-commerce we talk to a lot of e-commerce per year they always look at like When the people, they track every single numbers, right? From the people going to the website, where they go, and then what is the conversion rate for the checkout? So just to mention, it's like the board is able to bring the people on the door, but the retailer cannot convert, right? Like how we can make this entire thing like seamlessly. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think like, and, and that's a challenge because when you talk about revenue, traditionally, how you define that success is the performance within the store, right? Yeah. But these days, the whole omni-channel uh, experience kind of blurs the line, right? Yes. So you you mm-hmm. might go, so the, the more has attracted a brand, the tra- brand has given awareness to the consumer, the consumer goes on the website, purchases something, But that benefit is not gone back to the mall, right? And and if the inventory on the purchase online was in the mall, and then someone pick it up in the mall, but they purchased it online, where does the delineation come? So, you know, I think there's a whole portfolio approach when it comes to this. And the portfolio approach is when it comes to digital and physical um, businesses, need to look at it as a portfolio. So it's not just what I make in the store, what I make online, but it's the merging of the the strategy around how I leverage and actually combine the omni-channel to the best of my advantage. The brand presence in the store, um, having making sure the right experience and the customer experience is there, the service there, the hospitality there. I always believe that retail... And a five-star hotel should merge because retail hospitality is should be what attracts your customers to keep going back, spend more money, having a nice smile, having an easy transaction, exploring, increasing the ticket pricing. And then when it comes to your online channel and making it easy, if you don't want to if you don't want to carry it home or you don't want to wait, you can pick it up or having the right inventory online so that it's seamless. Having the checkout process, whether it's online or physical, whatever the customer wants and desires is seamless. And I think that portfolio approach needs to be really, really like on the A-game of a lot of businesses. Mm. And then how do we support them to do that is is also important.
0: I think this portfolio approach that you talk about is essentially is looking at, how do we innovate the whole business model, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in order for that to happen, like you said, there's certain things that have to happen on data, technology, what's what's being shared, uh, uh, what was being agreed upon. So uh, maybe uh, in your state as the head of innovation, right? Is there anything that you're particularly looking at that you think would be uh, changing the game without maybe giving anything, any yeah. secret <laughs> sources away? I'm, I'm sure.
2: Um, I think the critical thing um, is... It's always when it comes to any business is um, how do you understand your customers' needs. When it comes to, if you, if you go to my analogy about the five-star hotel, right, yeah. how people get a five-star hotel rating is almost like you can anticipate your needs. Are you hungry? Do you need a cocktail? Do you need towels? Do you need a cot? Do you need um, anything, your needs? And so when it comes to retail, if you can understand your consumer, and you can anticipate their needs and then you can provide that five-star level of service in your products and your experience in, in your people to and then also in your services. Um, I think that's the the secret sauce, right? So when it comes to, you know, like what we're looking at is how do we understand our customer more and anticipate their needs So if we understand our customer, um, who are the customers coming into more? Um, We know the demographic profile who's living around the more, but are those the people we're servicing? Are we missing the gaps? And when it comes to profile, it's not just about profiling what your dynamics is, but how you're using our spaces, right? Mm-hmm. So you will probably go to the mall to bring your kids. Uh, you will probably go to the mall to meet your friends. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm generalizing. And I would go to the mall to actually bring my kids to have an hour or two somewhere, like on the playground, while I buy some necessities. Right. So when it comes to understanding our needs, that data um, is what we're looking at. But at the same time, is we're missing that data a connection with what is the actual spend when it comes to like, what are you buying? What am I buying? And when you meet your friends for a drink, what are you buying and where and how you're using it? So the relationship between how you're using the space, like where are you meeting the friends? Where are you sitting? Where are you spending the money? What type of things you're spending on? Um, what are your needs around that? What are our needs around that? And then really working together to optimize that. Yep. Optimization when it comes to data and how you use it, like I think it's still a learning journey for, for our industry in retail. Um, not many people are maximizing the ability to make decisions and be agile to respond to consumer needs based on data yet.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think the other will be like when we talk to a lot of like player in the market, they always mention about like they can get the uh, IoT sensor data, they can get that uh, weather, traffic information yeah. around the shopping mall, but they call this is the last mile transaction data. It's a it's a bigger challenge for them, right? So like, what, what do you see? Like, what 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 is the bigger challenge? Like, why is it so hard for them all to getting the last mile data? Yeah. yeah,
2: I think the the challenge in general with technology is this, this segregation of data, so it's not integrated, right? So if I enter the mall and I have a profile and then, you know, I enter in the mall and there's a data set, right, I go through um, my uh, pause a transaction or I'm binding on the phone there's another data set the environment I am in you know with the the space like how hot is it how cold is it when it comes to the – when I'm actually going into the more and how I'm using space there's different data sets and right now the 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 the, the systems are not integrated to make sense mm-hmm. and when it like when there's so much data and you don't know what to do with the data or you can't read it because they're all segregated mm-hmm. it's very hard to make a really meaningful uh, decision around what that data means to me and that's a huge opportunity for retail right now.
0: I think that kind of marries this whole idea of you know um, right now what e-commerce can track is every single customer buying exactly what from which brands in their marketplace for example right. Um, I think if you can marry that together with the spatial 3D advantage that the mall has and then really, uh, I think like you say, right, that there is this huge opportunity to look at how do we evolve data science within this practice to, to kind of like understand what's happening and then how do we optimize that. So, yeah. so what maybe I can ask you, like, what, what do you think is like the, the, the ideal data scenario to you moving forward? Ideal
2: data. So, it always starts from way beyond the destination. Yeah. So when, like, you're at home, you wake up in the morning, you have already needs, right? And your needs are pretty much a lot of them you can work out on your phone. (laughs) What you've been Googling, what you've been searching, your photos, it's a bit scary. And there's, there's a huge conversation around data privacy, right? Yeah. We haven't, that is still a bit of a maze. There's a data back privacy. How much do we use the data like data to personalize experiences versus balancing privacy rights? And that's something we, we're looking at very seriously. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to the ideal scenario, ready, there's an anticipation before you get to the mall or you get to the retail place, you already worked out what and where and how. Because it's easy. So you already the the omni channel is it might be you go to the website and you really know that it's that, that size and colouring is in stock. Or you might say there's variety of what you're looking for. Or and or it, you know, can pop up some suggestions and some personalization of things that you might need based on your profiling, right? And your searches. And then obviously when it comes to wayfinding and digital and all the basic fundamentals of retail, it should be seamless, right? You shouldn't get lost or you shouldn't you should know where you're going. You don't like the experience is not frustrating it's mm. convenient you're providing a delightful experience we say it when it comes to placemaking yeah. and when you get to the more you know the whole experience that journey from the start of the mall to the actual retail store so the whole exploratory stage the whole inventory selection stage it's it's almost a fusion of physical and digital yeah. so like you go into a store and you can explore, there there might not be the right colours, but right away, the store can already suggest that it's available on the website and you can buy it in the same transaction of your, some of the ones that you're buying physically and digitally. And um, it can say, you want to actually pick it up in store tomorrow, or you can actually deliver it to your house tomorrow. Um, or you want to buy the orange shirt, you know, in the store now, but you want a white one too, and the white one will be delivered to you tomorrow. And then, so that digital physical, um, you'd have to have stock every inventory in the store, but that experience gives you the option flexibility and addresses your needs and the convenience of it. And then when it comes to that inventory all the way to the checkout, like the options for you to be able to just Apple Pay it, or pay it on your phone, or tap it, or pay now, or a QR code, or actually don't even go to a checkout store, but you just pay it online just and just out. just walk yeah. out. Yeah. and you yeah. don't if you don't want to talk to anyone, you can talk to one. If 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 there are people there who can anticipate and help you if you need, so it's about customization, personalization, and that seamless experience between digital and physical. This is what you know the opportunity is for retail to evolve in, and. It's actually the technology is available.
0: Yes, you know yes. it's all there. Yes. You've got visualization,
2: yes. you've got AI, you've got all the platforms. It's how we use and integrate these platforms moving forward to create that you know ideal scenario for you, so that you can take your two kids and spend <laughs> them spend more money, you know, <laughs> yeah. else. You
0: know. Yes. So, so what I what I hear is kind of like it's, it's predictive personalization at scale within a With delightful a, place a making. A very,
2: Flexible, agile experience that you know optimizes your needs.
0: I, I think what I what I hear as well, just to add on, is the this this idea that the technology is there. What what really needs to be done is the meeting of the minds and hearts.
1: It mm. seems. I think recently, uh, Fairprice did a very good job. So I always use the Fairprice app just for collect the points, scan the QR code, because <laughs> the payment is actually, I need to link my credit card. <laughs> so every time I, I, I was on the counter there already, and then I said, oh, uh, if you, you need to using the app to make payment, you need to link your credit card. So I think I tried yesterday. They are uh, they are able the Apple Pay. So then I just link my Apple Pay already. So straight away, I'm using the Fairprice mm. app to make payment. Then guess what it's like? They send the e-receipt to my then they show like what i buy i bought yeah. inside the entire store every single sku so in this case they actually realized something is that like i will only buy the drink from the online because i don't want to carry the drink yeah, from exactly. the retail store right so next time if they have any drink then they will just prompt me and say hey why don't you just this this item you buy online and this item you buy yeah
2: or do you, or you know you bought this last month you don't restock now Yes. Yes. Click and you can have that transaction easily and still enjoy your time everywhere else without carrying in you know, a 10 bottles of or whatever you yes, exactly. like. <laughs> and and you know, like the funny, the 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 ironic thing, the irony of all this is that really it's having a really customer focused lens in all yes. this. You know, your pain point of putting your credit card for a transaction and licking the points, that that's not pleasant. Mm. And you know, like when you just take the remove the pain point and you just focus on the customer, it's it's really just the opportunity of spending more, and you know, is is there. So it's a revenue opportunity, and uh, when you actually focus on the customer experience.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think this is a good segue to essentially the end of uh, the the uh, the interview. Uh, so. Uh, this is the part where you give advice, right? So imagine you have a mall manager in front of you, a fellow mall manager, right? And then the other one is uh, if you have a retailer in front of you, right? So two different parties, both asking what's going to happen moving forward, right? So what would you be your one piece of advice to each of them?
2: Yeah. So the mall manager, the advice is that all the, all the thoughts or gossip around brick and mortar would die. That's a lie. So So the reality is, Digital would never replace physical, right? Because when we go out together, we can't digitally go out together. Do you know what I mean? We can't. If I'm looking for a nice dress to go to an engagement party and I'm going to bring a friend along, that exhilaration of trying on the dress and it's a memorable moment, that can't be made by clicking on an online platform. So, my advice will be the actual experience um, and the opportunity for a more manager or someone in a space where you can actually influence the experience the customer journey you know p- create delight when it comes to that experience and memorable genuine places when it comes to what we are able to offer that's that's the opportunity to mm-hmm. do that and focus on that you know real uh, partnership approach with the retailers to do that because you know it's all about a holistic, integrated customer experience from the beginning of getting into the more to, you know, spending money to enjoying the spaces to leaving the more. And that's a seamless experience. It needs to be focused around the customer journey.
0: Well said. And um, if you had then a, a merchant or a retail manager in yeah. front of you, what would be your one piece of advice then?
2: One piece of advice is, uh, you know, what I mentioned earlier is around the optimizing the, the digital and the physical experience. And the, you can call it omnichannel or you can call it physical or digital physical, but the reality is if you actually make you know that experience seamless, you can actually optimize the customer experience a lot. So when it comes to that portfolio approach, don't look at your business as this is how many people are going into my shop, but look at it as the opportunity of what my platforms are and really, really kill it when it comes to the digital platform and the physical platform. And the physical store is your brand, right? Mm. And you never ever, ever gonna replace people touching and smelling and experiencing tasting and trying uh, in online. But then you can optimize that physical experience by using all the digital um, opportunities that is available, so mm-hmm. that is my advice uh, to really do that and to kill on both sides because that's the that's the opportunity to create great places for us.
1: I see. I think I think you answered the question, but I still want to ask <laughs> this question: like, Do you think the physical retail can still be king?
2: Of course, yeah, but it can't it can't be king without a beautiful digital queen right next to it. So that's, that's definitely, no, honestly, I did answer it, it, you know, brick and mortar and physical will be more relevant now and ever. Why? Because people are desiring and craving interaction and social experience and memories and genuine moments and you cannot have that. Digitally, the reality is you can't. Um, and but then you can't um, also ignore that there's this is incredible power of social media and digital experience and convenience that enables the physical experience to be enhanced. So that needs to be um, a, a beautiful marriage between the digital and the physical. Um, King and, queen. The king and Queen. I love
0: that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's I the did. first time someone has said that. Yeah. I really love that. I really love yeah. that. So, uh, so is that, I think we've sadly come to the end of the episode. So, thanks again, Helen, for coming on to Thank our you. podcast and sharing your insights. Uh, if you guys have any questions for Helen, please let us know in our socials, have a comment on the YouTube or LinkedIn. Uh, we'll be sure to forward it to Helen and I'm sure she'll be very happy to uh, engage or answer your questions.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you guys. Yeah. It's so been once fun. again,
0: thanks for tuning in. I'll see <laughs> you next episode.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Helen.
0: Thank you. How will retail change post-pandemic? Download the Future of Retail white paper from our website, aiamazing.co.